Ah, football season. The time where everyone, especially in Dayton, forgets where they're at and focuses on that team in Columbus. Sorry, ain't happening on this podcast. This is the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen, a weekly audio podcast that covers everything sports in the Dayton and Cincinnati, Ohio region. No faffing around. No unnecessary chatter. No focusing on that school in Columbus like other shows. Just good, honest, local sports happening in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central Indiana. Be sure to bookmark SinDayPod.com for ways to listen and podcast merchandise. Theme song by Kevin McLeod on FreePT.com. Here's your host, Lee W. Mallon. Can you already believe that we're done with a fifth of the high school football season in Ohio? Because we have two weeks already in, 10-week regular season, then the playoffs. Already a fifth of the way through. Incredible. So let's begin this newest episode with week one and week two scores. Didn't have time to record last week. That's why you're getting a double helping of scores. So let's go ahead and start with opening week. And we'll begin with the Thursday games. Yours truly had two calls that week. I was at Princeton as the Vikings welcomed in the Anderson Raptors. And Friday, I was at Turpin welcoming in the Oak Hills Highlanders, a pair of ECC and GMC battles there. So let's tell you about week one. First with the Thursday games, Princeton dispatched Anderson 58-45. That game between the two schools had about 1,200 yards of offense. And that was a joy to call, hopefully a joy to listen and watch. Gamble Monteseri 31, New Miami 0. Roger Bacon 24, Taft 20. Paint Valley 35, Blanchester 7. In the Battle of Kettering and to kick off the 100th year of Fairmont football, it was the Firebirds 16 and the Alternites 7. I believe this is, what, three, four, five years in a row that Fairmont's knocked off Alter? It's been a nice streak for the Birds. With Rose 60, Thurgood Marshall 6, Eaton 32, Greenville 18, Stebbins 55, Northwestern 14, and Lima Shawnee 20, Lima Central Catholic 13. We move on to the Friday games, the one I had. Turpin 28, Oak Hills 14, Carlisle defeated Twin Valley South 20 to nothing, Brookville defeated Tri-County North 49 to nothing, Valley View took down Springfield Shawnee on the road 25-7, in the Battle of Old 25, it's Miamisburg 31, West Carrollton 7, Milton Union shuts out National Trail 51 to nothing, Preble Shawnee 49, Miami East 14, Xenia 34, Beaver Creek 14, the Battle of Greene County. Centerville knocked off Fairfield 38-24, despite the Indians having a 14-0 lead. Moving on to Springfield, the big win for the Wildcats. They knocked off St. Ignatius 24-20. Northridge 46, Dixie 6. Arcanum 40, Doan Prep 8, Carroll 14, Ponix Tech 0. Northmont over their neighbors, Vandalia Butler 28-13. And a big Titan battle. Witten Woods shut out Trotwood Mass in 18 to nothing. A little bit of Cincinnati Dayton action for you there. Tri Village 21, Troy Christian 7, Wayne 41, Dunbar 0, Waynesville 24, Bethel 2, Tecumseh 41, Fairborn 14, Shamna Julian 38, Troy 20, 
Taylor takes down Greenan, 38-17, despite the Knights getting off to an early lead. Bishop Fenwick, 14, Franklin, 2. Pickwell with a big shutout win over Belmont, 54-0. Bellbrook edges out Tippecanoe, 24-14. Bell Fountain, 20. Sydney, 14. And one that many Cincinnatians were watching, St. Xavier, 31. Lakota West, 14. You might remember last year, it was the Division I final. Uh, excuse me, Division I regional final. And the Bombers took that one. And the Bombers easily take this one from the Firebirds. Meadowdale 30, North College Hill 28, Marymont 43, Oak Hills 10, Bowler 42, Lakota East 27. LaSalle edges out Coleraine 20-14. And a battle of Ohio and Kentucky, Elder comes out on top against Covington Catholic 28-6. Purcell Marion 16, Deer Park 13, Monroe 49, Talawanda 14. East Clinton, 46. Dayton Christian, 13. Did I say the Monroe one twice? I felt like I said it twice. No, I guess I didn't. Oh, well. Wyoming, 26. Harrison, 21. Redding, 47. Finneytown, 6. Madeira, 41. Norwood, 34. Milford, 41. Edgewood, 14. That was also head coach Tom Grippa's 200th win in his coaching career. Greenview, 27. Middletown, Madison, 6. Ross over Wilmington, 48-31. Fayetteville, 29. Cedarville, 21. Little Miami, 33. Goshen, 3. Columbus South knocks off Cincinnati's Woodward Bulldogs, 61-6. Williamsburg over Bactavia, 44-6. Western Brown, 62. Hillsboro, 21. Miami Valley Christian. You might know them being the team that lost everything in a big fire and getting help with their neighborhood uh, foes. Helping out both equipment and everything. Well, they took down Millersport 38-6. Hamilton over West Claremont, 43-28. Sycamore, 47. Loveland, 34. Kings, 31. Middletown, 6. Cincinnati Country Day, 56. Manchester, 0. Walnut Hills takes down Aiken, 22-14. And the first Week 1 win for Western Hills since 2010. It was the Mustangs, 19. And Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, 0. Elsewhere, Schroeder 40, St. Bernard Elmwood Place 26, Mason 15, Gehanna Lincoln 7, McNicholas over Indian Hill 28-13, Hamilton Baden edges out Mount Healthy 27-7, it's West Jefferson on top of Urbana 48-13, Madison Plains 40, Westfall 12, Van Wert 47, Bryan 28, St. Mary's edges out London on the road 10-7, Ridgemont 56, Van Lu 16, Fort Loramie big over Minster, 40-7. Marion Local flying over Wapakoneta, 31-6. Anna edges out Indian Lake, 24-21. Versailles shuts out Salina in a big Tigers win, 42-0. Fort Recovery, 39. Wayne Trace, 21. St. Henry, 42. Covington, 0. New Bremen takes down Marion, Indiana, 28-14. Benjamin Logan over Triad, 28-6. Coldwater, 44. Kenton, 14. Crestview 35, Parkway 13, Northeastern 49, Bradford 16, Graham over West Liberty, Salem 28-6, Springfield Catholic Central shuts out Fairfield Christian 58-0, Amanda Clear Creek 10 points better than Jonathan Aldern 17-7, Eastwood 42, oh, excuse me, Eastwood 42, Ottawa Glandorf 19, Worthington Christian edges out Southeastern 21-14. Bucyrus 49, Mississinawa Valley 14, Elida 7, Spencerville 0, and Fairbanks 17, Cardington Lincoln 0. 
And now for your East Central and Southeast Indiana scores. Richmond 48, Connorsville 34. They've been playing that game week one for quite some time. And the Red Devils roll on the series. Jay County 33, Blackford 6, East Central 34, Lawrenceburg 6. South Adams takes down Winchester 35-0. Franklin County 44, Newcastle 28. Greensburg 42, Shelbyville 21. Milan 18, Rushville 0, South Dearborn 56, Seymour 26. And Batesville 35, Indian Creek 13. And the Tri-Eastern Conference, yes, week one already has conference games in the books. Hagerstown takes down Knightstown 45-6. Centerville Bulldogs shut out Lincoln 50-0. Northeastern 46, Union County 7. And Tri-41, Union City 14. Didn't get all the Northern Kentucky scores for you. So now we move on to week two. If you follow me on Twitter, you might know I didn't tweet this week because, again, very busy. So, sorry about that. So, week two scores are going to be a little bit uneven and probably, you know, scattered about. Uh, my sources are tristatefootball.com and pressprosmagazine.com. They run good scoreboards and various other sites if I can't find any of them. And you might have noticed no Columbus scores. Not quite sure if I'm coming back to them for the next episode. It's uh, <laughs> It's been a very, very busy time. So let's begin week two scores in Ohio. So this sharing of scores is going to be a lot more sloppy because I didn't get it put in my Word document. And you also saw that I didn't tweet. But I will mention that... Big rainstorms hit Cincinnati, so that knocked out a lot of Friday games, and especially the one I was doing, Princeton at Loveland. It rained so bad you thought you were in the middle of a hurricane. All my thoughts and prayers down to the fine folks of New Orleans. They lost power completely due to Hurricane Ida. Keep those folks in your thoughts and everyone affected by the hurricane, now Tropical Storm. But yeah, it rained super, super hard for about 20 minutes. And it knocked out power at Loveland. In fact, the culprit was right down the road where Loveland High School was because most of the power lines were snapped off and a lot of the uh, poles were broken. In fact, there were a few that hit the road. In fact, they closed off the exit to get back to Fields Earl and get back home. So, yeah, that was a fun trip. So, my sources are going to be from... Uh, WLWT, Channel 5, Cincinnati, they have a score stream a scoreboard on their webpage, and luckily I was able to pull up all the Friday and Saturday scores there for Cincinnati. Uh, my Dayton area scores are coming from PressProsMagazine.com, and I'm going to double-check everything with TristateFootball.com scoreboard. So let's begin with Cincinnati Friday night. Uh, some games did get finished. And here are those games. Lakota West takes down West Claremont, 45-7. Kings, 34, hosting Sycamore, 12. It was Ryle in Kentucky beating Connor, 40-7. Keep in mind, with WLWT covering Cincinnati, Norfolk, Kentucky, there's going to be a few mixings of KHSAA scores as well. Sorry. Well, not sorry. I do share Norfolk, Kentucky scores, but it's not going to be uniform Ohio, Indiana, then Kentucky. So I do apologize for the messiness of this. Moeller originally was supposed to host Louisville uh, Trinity, which is going to be another topic once I get done with the scores. 
But they found a new foe in Dayton at Chaminade Julian and the Crusaders for the first time playing the Eagles since 1977. Take down CJ at Roger Glass Stadium, 42-28. I could not believe that it was that long since Moeller and CJ play. You think about it, they're both in the Greater Catholic League. Yes, Moeller's in the South and uh, Chaminade Julian now in the co-ed, but still. Pontiac's Tech falling at Mount Healthy, 41-9. Indian Hill, 0-2. They fall at Northwest, 34-21. Madeira takes down Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy on the road. It's 31-0 Madeira. Lloyd Memorial wins big at home against Grand County, 62-26. Winton Woods comes up short at LaSalle, 21-7. St. X, 2-0. They fly over Colerain, 42-7 at Colerain. Western Hills falls at Deer Park, 28-8. Schroeder wins at Woodward, 28-14. McNicholas at New Richmond. Rockets winners over the Lions, 34-14. McNicholas wins. Taft falls at Wyoming, 32-6. Elder falls at Pickerington Central, 28-10. That's a rematch of last year's D1 state title game. Aiken shut out at Roger Bacon, 31-0. In the Battle of Country Days, it's Summit over Cincinnati, 29-13. Silver Knights win. Dome Pref shut out at Middletown Christian, 16-0. Highlands at Simon Kenton. Highlands wins 53-38. It's Claremont Northeastern defeating Miami Valley Christian, 14-0. Fayetteville takes down the Gators of Gamble Montessori, 44-13. With throw shuts out Walnut Hills on the road, 20-0. Newport Central Catholic edges out Holmes, 12-8. Metcalf County, 53, Bellevue, 7, Bishop Rossert, 21, Newport, 7. Washington Falls at Western Brown, 46-26. I presume that's Washington Courthouse. Blanchester, shut out on the road at North Union, 40-0. St. Bernard Elmwood Place Falls at Williamsburg, 49-14. Worthington Christian takes down Dayton Christian. I have to double-check that because I thought Dayton Christian was playing... Someone in Columbus at Worthington Christian. So we'll double check that shortly. Finneytown at Clark Montessori. Finneytown wins at 36 nothing. Valley View Falls at Milton Union 26-22. No longer a league contest, but still a good non-conference tilt and a good test for both the Bulldogs and the Spartans. Turpin defeats Dublin Kaufman on the road 35-7. Ludlow Falls at Lachlan 20-13. Bracken County 18, Lewis County 14, Harrison shut out at East Central. That's a big U.S. 50 rivalry. And East Central wins at 42-0. Lawrenceburg 29 at Taylor 12. Adina shut out at Redding 40-0. That's Frankfurt Adina. Coldwater edges out Oak Hills 14-6. Yes, I said Coldwater at Oak Hills. And if you know your High school football, you do realize that Coldwater is Division 6, Oak Hills is Division 1, but it's still a tough task, and Oak Hills hung in pretty well. I can't wait to see Oak Hills in a couple weeks. Dixie Heights falls at Cooper 19-10, Beachwood winners at Paintsville 49-0, Marymont shuts out Norwood on the road 35-0, Woodford County 34, Campbell County 13, Covington Catholic Picks up after the Elder loss last week, 42-13 at Belfry. And Switzerland County at Gallatin County was canceled. I believe that's a COVID one. Yes, COVID sneaking back in. And that's definitely uh, made week two and week three interesting. Interesting. Now we move on to Saturday's games. A lot of the games in Cincinnati got pushed back 
you know, because of the big rainstorm and everything. Some did play on Friday, but, you know, mine didn't, so that'll do. Lakota East shuts out Milford 35-0. Franklin takes down Beaver Creek 35-3. I thought that was a Friday night game. I could be wrong. Anderson takes down Clinton Massey at home, 29-22. That's another good game. Yes, Anderson, D2, Clinton Massey, D4, but still great test there. Walton Verona wins big at Holy Cross, 47-24. And Cincinnati College Prep edged at Purcell Marion, 16-14 Cavaliers win. And the last one, Princeton, 63, Loveland, 21. And it was, what was it, 53-6-13? 56-13 at the half. Yeah, this Princeton offense, I mean, I can't wait to see them. Hopefully, I get to see them week three. Yeah, Hamilton, uh, they had weeks two and three called off because of COVID. So now I don't know if I have a game on Friday. Excellent. But there you go. Double checking to make sure. Boys soccer match, Centerville 4, Loveland 0. That's a, that's a big win for the Elks. I mean, yes, I know the Elks are very good, but still. That's pretty huge. And double-checking, there's nothing on Sunday. Nope. So let's move on. Do want to double-check. Hamilton-Baden, 17. Bellbrook, 7. Sorry for the long silences. Just making sure that's everything. And, and I hope not to repeat scores, but, you know. It's not a big deal if I do that, is it? Miami Trace, 42. Wilmington, 28. Landmark Christian, 34. New Miami, 0. It's weird that wasn't on the Blitz 5-1. Little Miami, 38. Talawanda, 13. Mount Healthy, 41. Ponix Tech, 9. I mentioned Lakota. No, I didn't mention Lakota West. That wasn't on there either. Lakota West, 45. West Claremont, 7. Ross, 21. Monroe, 14. Kings, 34. Sycamore, 12. I... Hope I'm not reading week one scores, and no, I'm not. Centerville 15, Mason 14. The Elks are 2-0. Great start. Springboro 20 at Middletown 7. And yes, it was Washington Courthouse. Technically just Washington and the Western Brown 46-26 win, but you get what I'm saying. I mentioned Turpin. I mentioned Lachlan. I mentioned Redding as a big win. Double checking, make sure that everything's good. And yeah, that's uh, week two, apparently. I feel like I'm missing like half of Cincinnati. I'm not saying that I'm right on that or not, but I feel like I'm missing half of Cincinnati. And the problem is, normally when I get done with a high school football game, I listen to the Tri State football uh, post game show because they go through all the scores and everything. And it's nice to actually have local sports on local radio. Crazy thought, but I digress. Just double checking. Oh, they stopped it a week two. Did they? I don't remember. Yeah, I guess they did. Bethel Tank 20 at Cincinnati College Prep 6. I don't remember if I shared that one or not. And now Bethel, t- did Bethel take it, COVID? I don't know. Moving on to Dayton. Let's go back. To week two, actually, now we're going to do the uh, press pros scoreboard now. Double checking the featured games that they covered uh, exclusively. Tipicanoo took care of Sydney, uh, forty-five-seven. Red Devils now one and one. 
In the Battle of Hilliard, it's Darby over Bradley, 21-13. I mentioned Milton Union taking down Valley View, 26-22. Versailles, 48. Fort Loramie, 7. That's a big win for the Tigers. And Fort Fry takes down St. Henry, 16-12. Now for the Saturday games, I guess it was Franklin at Beaver Creek, a Saturday game. I didn't realize it was. But the Wildcats took down Beaver Creek 35-3. Riverside over Northeastern 28-18. Indian Lake over Fairbanks 19-14. Westland over Franklin Heights 47-15. Notice Press Pros Magazine started to get into the Columbus area. Again, not this week. Maybe next week I'll get back into Columbus scores. It's just a lot to keep track. After losing in Week 1, Lima Central Catholic big over Delphos St. John's. 44-13, Greenan shuts out Northwestern 20-0. Minster edges out the Columbus Crusaders 27-6. Remember, Columbus Crusaders is not an OHSAA team, so yes, Minster 1-1, one one, but that one win doesn't count in the eyes of the OHSAA in terms of points, playoff points. And Springfield Catholic Central 2-0 after taking down Grove City Christian 55-7. The Thursday game, Carlisle 2-0. The Indians squashed the Miami East Vikings 35-7. Friday games, there was a lot of cancellations up here as well. In fact, Vandalia Butler is listed twice. They were supposed to have Fairborn. That didn't go through. And then Meadowdale, that didn't go through apparently. Stebbins knocks off Greenville 49-41. The Stebbins Indians 2-0. Pickwood West Carrollton and Troy Christian listed as canceled for Friday. And we move on to the Western Ohio Athletic Conference. Remember, with so many teams in the WOAC, uh, it's just one non-conference game. Which, you know, you have your own thoughts about it, but there you go. Bradford falls at home against Ansonia, 42-0. Arcanum scratches out Twin Valley South, 43-13. Dixie picks up their first win of the year by edging out Mississinawa Valley, 22-18 in New Lebanon. And Preble Shawnee, 2-0. They beat Tri-Village, 26-14. It's just still amazing to me how great Tri-Village football is, considering that it's only been a program for a handful of years. In the Northwest Central Conference, Harden Norvin scratches out Riverdale, 49-36. In the Western Buckeye League, Van Wert keeps Salina winless, 45-7. Cougars win it. St. Mary shuts out Defiance, 56-0. Elida takes down Kenton, 34-0. Lima Shawnee, 2-0. They beat Lima Bath, 14-7. And Ottawa Glandorf, 0-2. They fall to Wapakoneta at home, 28-13. And Cam Newton just got released by the Patriots. Well, that was something different. I was hoping to talk a little Bengals after high school football. But uh, yeah, that's that's really shocking. But there you go. Moving on to the Ohio Capital Conference. Yeah, I know I said I wouldn't do Columbus scores, but they're right here. So here you go. Canal Winchester shuts out Central Crossing 24-0. Gahanna Lincoln 21-7 winners over Groveport Madison. The Westville South at Westville Central game got canceled because, you guessed it, COVID-19. New Albany shuts out Westerville North 21-0. Thomas Worthington takes down Worthington-Kilborn to battle of Worthington's 21-10. Hilliard-Davidson 31, Grove City 7. And Olentangy-Orange falls in OT to Olentangy-Berlin 31-24. Now for non-conference games. There's a lot of them. Let's run through these. Allen East rumps over Lima Perry, 61-20. Brookville 
takes down Anna, 28-22. Bell Fountain, 14. Bishop Watterson, 7. Lester Columbus Watterson. That doesn't make sense. It's Bishop Watterson. Belmont at CJ. That was the game CJ was supposed to have, but that got canceled. And I told you Moeller won that game, so the Eagles now 1-1. One one. Kenton Ridge, 47. Bethel, 25. North Union shuts out Blanchester, 49-0. I mentioned that in the Cincinnati portion. Graham, 24. Buckeye Valley, 7. East Clinton, 27. Cedarville, 7. Centerville, 15-14 winners over Mason. Mentioned Roger Bacon shutting out Aiken. Though I thought it was 40-0. Apparently it's 30-0. Roger Bacon won. They're 2-0. Pickerington Central defeats Elder 28-10. Batavia hosting McNicholas. That got canceled. believe it was Batavia with the COVID. Uh, I mentioned Turpin, and the scoreboard just reset on me. That's nice. Olentangy Liberty 7. Glenville Tarblooders 6 in Cleveland. Ah. Why does the scoreboard keep doing that? Uh, Coldwater 14 and Oak Hill 6 in Cincinnati. Dublin Sciota 35, Watkins Memorial 27, Northmont 42, Dunbar 19, Fairbanks 7, Indian Lakes 6, and that was postponed later due to, I presume, the rain. Fenwick 27, Middletown Mass and 0. Greenview Falls at Waynesville 17-3. Green and had a 15-2 lead at Northwestern. And that got pushed back to Saturday. I think I already mentioned the green and score. I mentioned Hamilton Bain beating Bellbrook 17-7. New Bremen 58, Layman Catholic 0, Licking Valley 20, and London 14. I believe it was Licking Valley. That has said the next few weeks are going to be remote learning, so no going to school. So that's going to be interesting to see. Cardington Lincoln takes down Marion Elgin 20-16. Delaware Hayes defeats... Marion Franklin, 24-20. Pacers win it. Marion, local 10. Macomb, 0. Mechanicsburg, 49. At Covington, 0. Miamisburg shuts out Lebanon, 35-14. What was weird enough is I passed by the Miamisburg buses on the way home because the rain was so bad at one point. I couldn't see the lines on 71. I passed them in Springboro, and it's like, what are you doing here? It's not G-Walk play yet. It's like, oh, yeah, Lebanon. And yeah, it was 8, 8 p.m. and the sun was setting. It's like, what are you guys doing there? So yeah, Vikings win at 35-14. Glad we had that talk. Mount Vernon, 41. Newark, 20. Riverside was up 28-12 to against Northeastern, but that got postponed to the next day. Notre Dame, Cathedral, Latin, 28. And Olin Tangy, 27. West Jefferson defeats Paint Valley, 41-6. Spencerville on top of Parkway, 35-20. Pickerington North defeats Walnut Ridge, 48-0. This is Walnut Ridge in Columbus, not to be confused with Walnut Hills in Cincinnati. Eastmore Academy, 34. St. Charles, 6 Sheridan 18, Jonathan Alter 14, the Jonathan Alter Pioneers 0-2. Southeastern 30, Ridgemont 6. Mentioned Springboro knocking off Middletown on the road, 20-7. Springfield at Fairfield got canceled. COVID. Eaton takes down Springfield Shawnee, 28-7. The Eaton Eagles 2-0. Carroll Falls at home against Tecumseh, 35-14 arrows. Kettering Fairmont 2-0. They shut out Trotwood, 35-0. That's what the Press Pro scoreboard says. Alter 44, Thurgood Marshall 0, and that's not bashing Fairmont or anything. That's just, you shut out Tropwood? Wow. 
Dublin Jerome 28, Toledo Whitmer 23, Triad 34, Buckeye Central 0. Upper Arlington 34, St. Francis de Sales 14, Upper Sayota, excuse me. Upper Sandusky 56, Corey Rawson 7. I guess that is Upper Sayota. One says one, the other says the other. For recovery 28, Urbana 9, Wayne 17. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, it is Wayne 17, 15 at Reynoldsburg. Uh, Arcadia falls at home to Waynesfield Goshen, 41-0. West Liberty Salem falls at Benjamin Logan, 21-6. And Big Walnut wins big over Zanesville, 42-19. So let's scroll up and see if there's Saturday scores. Or did I already mention them? I guess I already mentioned those. Fun. <sighs> anyway. And to look at Indiana a little bit. Newcastle defeated Rushville, 48-7. Back, please. Lawrenceburg 29, Taylor 12. I mentioned that. I mentioned East Central winning against Harrison 42 nothing. Triton Central 35, Greensburg 7. Madison 29 at South Dearborn 26. Franklin County wins big at Connorsville 74-7. Milan falls short at Batesville 12-3. Uh, and that's from week one. Okay. So I hope I covered everything on weeks one and two. Again, sorry for no tweets or no week one only, but... When you have the schedule I have. <laughs> yeah. It's been a busy, busy, busy time. Now time to talk about COVID-19 because we can't talk enough about that virus because, yes, it has made a ruckus in high school football. Uh, the one I definitely know about is Hamilton because, yeah, the Big Blue were supposed to come into Princeton this week and that's not happening. And no, I don't know if Princeton has found a foe yet or not. Hopefully they have, because that means more work, more money. So that's week one and two, a fifth of the high school season already in the books. And no, I'm not going to look at computer points yet. It's week two, for crying out loud. Week two. Wait till week five or something. You can always go to Joe Idol's website. He has he does an impeccable job of keeping up, and it's fairly accurate compared to what, you know, OHSAA has. That's not to say their stuff isn't accurate. That's just saying, you know, Joe Idol's word isn't official, but it's official type of thing. And high school football. Weeks one and two done. And now for something completely different. Talk a lot about high school football, especially the Southwest Ohio teams with East Central, Southeastern Indiana, and Northern Kentucky covered. This one really takes the cake. This one's going to Central Ohio. And if you watched it uh, just this past Sunday night, you'll know what I'm talking about. IMG Academy versus Bishop Sycamore. Mm, this saga is getting tastier by the minute. I don't know what that means because you can't eat this story, but you get what I'm saying. So IMG Academy is a place and all, so that's not the problem. The thing is Bishop Sycamore. Now, before I continue on, for those that don't know, no, this is not Sycamore High School in Cincinnati. That's a legit high school in the Blue Ash area. Good folks there, and I like Sycamore. This is not the same. Okay, glad we got that under the way. So if you've been a loyal listener of this podcast, you might have heard 
uh, COF Ironman or Christians of Faith Ironman from time to time, or Christians of Faith Academy or COF Academy. You might have heard it a couple times uh, around 2017, 2018 or so. So they're gone, and now here's Bishop Sycamore. And basically it's an online-only prep school, and apparently – Bishop Sycamore lied about having Division One prospects. Hmm. Lied about something to get on TV. When has that ever happened before? So, this is written by Mary Clark. This is from uh, USA Today for the win. It's been a little over 24 hours since Bishop Sycamore and its mysterious football team got surprise airtime on ESPN against the best high school football team in the country, which, by the way, is due in at LaSalle this Friday. Since then, the saga has gotten far weirder and wildly sinister than anyone could have predicted. So, the final game of the Geico ESPN High School kickoff, like I said, IMG Academy against Bishop Sycamore. And IMG Academy drubbed Bishop Sycamore by 58-0 margin. And apparently, the commenters were not too kind of Bishop Sycamore, for good reason. It's, uh, they couldn't validate the... They couldn't validate the facts that there's D1 prospects. They couldn't actually, you know, find proof of that. And also, apparently, Bishop Sycamore didn't have the depth to hang with IMG Academy. And in football, you know, you kind of need depth. You need a lot of bodies there, or as many as you can get, because of the fact it's a rough sport and injuries do happen. And, you know. Sometimes the seniors graduate, but sometimes I mean every year. So you get what I'm saying. So falsified player names on the roster, lying about Division One prospects, and making it to ESPN's national broadcast Sunday after playing a game Friday night and losing that one. So last year, Bishop Sycamore went 0-6. And again, it's pretty much the rising of COF Academy again. That's just the tip of the iceberg. And from the Columbus Dispatch and Alpha announcing, they dug up a little more dirt on Bishop Sycamore. What's funny is Bishop Sycamore says they're from Columbus. The graphics said they're from Canton. And again, online only, so really doesn't matter. And apparently some of the addresses to check Bishop Sycamore either go to an office park, which, yeah, or to a residence. Which is worse, but they're both pretty bad, let's be honest. So, Bishop Sycamore, it's not recognized by the OHSAA, and that's fine. There's some schools that aren't OHSAA approved, and they're legitimate schools and all. Uh, but mostly, I think about 98, 99% of the schools that I know about are OHSAA. So... Nothing could be identified about their location, the roster, or practice facility. And as a broadcaster, I'll have you know, if I don't have a roster, then I'm not going to call them by their names because I don't have that information. So if you try to look up Bishop Sycamore's website, <laughs> it's literally a blog spot page. It's a watered down blog. The team's about us page is blank and their Twitter is acting as a PR mouthpiece while also pretending like nothing happened on Sunday. Another website acting in defense of Bishop Sycamore is Prep Gridiron Logistics. It's a company, and their words will act as your personal concierge 
for identifying, contacting, and scheduling elite, nationally relevant, out-of-state high school football opponents. Okay, so on their Twitter, someone by the name of Jay William, Jaywill0570787873. Oh, are you the one responsible for scheduling them on a Sunday game after he played on a Friday night then? And prep underscore gridiron said, I brought these teams together at the request of Paragon ESPN. BS has more than one team. Oh, really? So that's interesting. You have a school with two varsity football teams. So Paragon Marketing is the company that booked all the games for the Geico kickoff. ESPN just broadcast them. So ESPN, I mean, outside of saying, hmm, Paragon, this seems a little fishy. Hmm? I mean, Paragon Marketing is the company that's largely the fault here. So Bishop Sycamore is not made of, of high schoolers. A lot of them are postgraduates with some having played in the junior college level which is community colleges. And also being older than your typical high school football player. So right off the bat, mm, no, that doesn't seem kosher. If you have kids that are, you know, older than high school kids, then what are you doing playing high school football? In the few years of their existence, the team has had games canceled due to roster issues, lack of travel accommodations, and teams discovering that the Players are older than high schoolers. Hmm. Teams have a problem with that? I'm shocked. Bishop Sycamore has yet to field a full team of players, meaning they played all their games shorthanded thus far. And in fact, one of the Twitter pictures that I can't remember, I should have liked it, but I didn't. Now it's lost in the big Twitter ocean. I had, uh, what was it, 15 players? And you need 11 each side? Yeah. Mm-mm. The reported size of the roster is between 30 and 35 players, which is far fewer players than a typical high school roster. I mean, some schools have to go with that because, you know, student body size. There's also a chat that Bishop Sycamore had no white jersey, and they're playing with mismatched helmets and sharing them between players. In COVID times, that's a big red flag, if I ever heard of one. And someone on Twitter, again, it's lost. I should have liked it said that the quarterback had a red face mask while everyone else had black. And someone, again on Twitter, lost in the sea, mentioned that it just looked like Bishop Sycamore rated the closest uh, play it against sports and just uh, used their gear from there. So in case you're wondering who is running this ship called Bishop Sycamore and the football team, The head coach, Ryan Johnson, has reportedly had fraud and mismanagement allocations lobbied against him since 2019, also with an active arrest warrant adding even more chaos into the mix. During Sunday's game, Johnson pushed back against a running clock for his team, putting his players at even more risk even after the starting quarterback was hurt. You know how gutless you have to be to do that? You already have a short team against... IMG Academy, which is a factory for really good college players. I think two dozen are heading to D1 spots after this year. So this is Parker Branton. He tweets, You said this could be dangerous. A couple snaps later, Bishop Sycamore's best athlete goes down. The coach doesn't approve of running clock. Sad. He needs to answer. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, That's heartless if I ever heard of anything. 
And, oh, by the way, going back to playing Friday night and Sunday night, it's not the first time this happened. Johnson even downplayed the number of players in the game from the Columbus Dispatch, saying that it was about 15 players who had played in both games when it was, in fact, more than that. Shocked, I know. So this is from Joe Kinsey EXP on Twitter. The Bishop Sycamore coach Roy Johnson just said on the Twitter chat that 12 to 15 of his guys played in both Friday and Sunday's game against IMG. And playing his center in two games over three days, Roy Johnson had this to say. Well, I justified that decision as he is 18 years old. We asked him that, hey, are you good to play? Are we having a good thing? Wait a minute, let me reread that. Well, I justified that decision as in he's 18 years old. We asked him like, hey, are you good to play or are we having a good thing? We we asked him. That's not me stuttering. That's literally what it says. We we asked him. And then number two will be number two where we asked them is like, hey, when you coming in to make this play, we're going against this competition for us that game. Um, yeah, uh, excuse me a minute while I readjust my brain. I have no idea what that said. So, I mentioned Paragon Marketing scheduled the event for ESPN. Rashid Ghazi, the president of Paragon Marketing, said they would have canceled had they known about Bishop Sycamore playing in multiple games that weekend. Although, apparently, there was already video evidence showing this is the case. So, this is Ben Coop. B-K-O-O on Twitter. Put aside that's a very bad team from a shady school that lied to get on TV. You absolutely cannot play two games in three days. Insane. Also, he spoke to the president. Said he would have canceled the game if he knew the team played on Friday. We reviewed Friday's film. Seemed like players played both games. Update coming soon. So... At least Paragon did the right thing after that, saying they'll never work with Bishop Sycamore again. So pretty much in a few years, this is probably going to pop up as another company and coach has a different name and everything. So, yeah. Oh, I just. I um, <laughs> I, I mean, what else is there to say? I know pretty much everyone's covering it on Twitter. And I'm pretty sure it's on the national sports talk shows, but I don't listen to those. So, you know, they're probably talking about the NBA coming up, you know, when the NFL season's just kicking off soon, but never mind. So, where do we go from here? The article goes back. It's USA Today for the win, by the way. It's hard to find any joy from this story anymore. What seemed like a quirky story about an unknown football team duping their way onto ESPN has turned out to be an apparently sinister scam that will likely result in legal action. This is from MSL underscore forum on Twitter, MSL stats, records, and talk. It's actually not good when you consider the folks in charge of the program, and then those who promote it, being fraudulent about the team. This is from Ray Holtzclaw, RH1869. My son was on the team. We initially thought it was going to be great. They have some great kids, but the guys running it are coaches and all the negative stuff that you hear is true. Someone needs to shut it down before someone gets hurt. Most of the kids are already 19 or 20. And you think that was the last game for Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> no, they're still scheduled to play games as early as September 10th. So next week. And a lot of these schools. Uh, I, oh, just 
doesn't that give you a bad taste? Like people trying to scam. I mean, I get wanting to be on ESPN. It's the it's still the pinnacle of sports, although it's not as high as a pinnacle as it once was. And there's a lot of things that are involved in that. You have your own thoughts. I have mine. But still, you still recognize ESPN as being one of the leaders in sports. I get I get wanting to get on ESPN. I totally do. But this operation seems super, super fishy. And I just I I I, I can't I can't really I can't really talk much more about it except here's a fun little story from you from August 8th. So this is earlier in the month before all this stuff went down. So Bishop Sycamore head coach Roy Johnson accused Dublin Kaufman, Pickerington Central, Upper Arlington, and Catholic schools of recruiting and brags that he's recruiting too. So you're complaining about those schools recruiting, but you're doing it too? Um, um, contradicting much? All the big suburb schools recruited them and brought them in, and now you have these Dublin Kaufman powerhouses, Pick Central powerhouses. Well, if Dublin Kaufman was such a powerhouse, why Turpin beat him 35-7? I don't know. He also pretty much accuses OHSAA being racist and says the inner city coaches are on a plantation. When I go talk to OHSAA, everybody there is white as the dot lines on 270. And then the inner city school's coaches, they run around the plantation happy with their chicken feed. This is on Yappy. This is posted by Redhawk85, and this is the very first post. I, I didn't even look at it. Now the video's gone, so let's go to the very last page, because I can't wait to see what everyone's chiming in about. Apparently, there's an article about what it's like being the parent of a Bishop Sycamore player. We might have to look into that. So open that in a new tab. Looking, 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 seeing if there's any... So apparently the BS guys, that's Bishop Sycamore, although you can use that in a different term. I'm pretty sure you already thought about it. The BS guys say they do have players playing on the collegiate level, and already, time out. Players playing on the collegiate level, and you're taking on high school kids? And say that RPA College is the school they play for. Touring the website for RPA, you are able to, you are able to select your degree and automatically play about 850 bucks for study materials for exams. You can purchase the same materials for about 30 bucks at Barnes and Noble or Amazon. You can take a tour of the college website, but just make sure your credit card number doesn't stumble onto the page anywhere. Yeah. Ooh. How the Washington Generals of High School Football caught ESPN. That's from the Atlantic. That's that's a great title. And here's one from Matt Gould. This is on Google. Bishop Sycamore should be avoided by all high school football programs. Yeah. I'm going to read the awful announcing article about being a Bishop Sycamore parents player. This is Ray Holtzclaw again. I mentioned him on the original title. And this is written by Ben Koo yesterday. By now, you've read our feature on Bishop Sycamore, the school planning is blah, 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 blah. On Monday, we spoke to Ray Holtzclaw, the father of former Bishop Sycamore quarterback Judah Holtzclaw, who is now a freshman at Youngstown State as a tight end. But he spent much of his winter, spring, and summer hoping to earn a college offer to play quarterback. 
He spent much of that time attached to Bishop Sycamore, hoping to play more either in a spring football schedule, seven-on-seven camps, or attending college camps with the program. And he tweeted that tweet. So yeah, that's a lot of red flags. Almost looks like a minefield out there, how many red flags have emerged. So, startling travel issues quickly emerged. (laughs) Reading the first paragraph, because I don't want to bore you down in the articles. You can go read them yourself. It's just... This is... um, this is a, uh, this this is sad. I mean, it's not sad for the people that are scamming. That's that just irritates me all no end and infuriates me. So, what drew Holt's claw to Bishop Sycamore and how they handle him leaving the program? It's so appealing because you know, like the IMG game, he's like he was telling me about the line he was going to have for Judah. These are the linemen. They're going to be here. We met a couple of them, but then I never met anyone after that. Like, where's the line at? Where are they going to start practicing? Where are the coaches at? Now, this manufactured. No coaching staff ever appeared. Hmm. Then he was like, well, do you think your older son would like to coach or your nephew? I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. He's like, yeah, but they have D1 experience. Like, yes, my older son has D1 experience, but he's not a coach. Big difference. So we decided to part ways and checked in some other prep schools, and we found a prep school that was legit in Georgia. So we were going to go there, but Judah was in camp in Cincinnati, and Youngstown was there, Youngstown State, and offered him for this year because he already graduated. He was a qualifier, so they offered him a full scholarship, and we ended up taking that for 21. So luckily, it's a story that ends happily. Again, tight end for Youngstown State in his first year. Full ride. That's That's pretty awesome. So he goes on, talks about the coach saying there's going to be 50 or 60 guys on the roster. They're going to play all the kids that don't normally play against this team that was supposed to be a regular high school. Then all the stars will play against IMG. So it sounds like he's making it out JV and then varsity Sunday night. I saw some of the clips from the game on Friday. It's like, those are the same guys. There are a lot of guys, even though there's only 20 or so on the roster. There's some kids I've never seen before. They picked up and some kids that were no longer there. That was listed on the roster. Housing situation. Let's see. I know one of them. The mom called me asking how to get a hold of the coaches because they wouldn't respond. Her son has lost a lot of items at the apartment they got kicked out of. He come home or something, was going to back to his stuff. Didn't get the whole story, but he couldn't get his stuff. It was all gone. They left the apartment. I don't know if they were evicted or left on their own, but there was a reason why they left. I put my money on eviction. So, apparently, the parent uh, also fed the kids, went out to dinner with them a couple of times out to practice. they take them to the all-you-can-eat place, and the kids would just eat and eat and eat and then go back to the hotel apartment. So, apparently, he goes on to message IMG to let him know that some of the kids on Bishop Sycamore's team, some 90, some 90, the oldest O-line, he falls over in the first play. Some are 19, some are 20. I called and talked to a coach there because I'm from Texas. I play at Trinity High School, which is a big powerhouse in Texas. We used to play Duncanville when I was in school, so I felt like I had a connection there. I call him and say, do you really know what you're getting into with this Bishop Sycamore? It's like, well, they're a high school out of Columbus. I said, no, they're definitely not high school. Whew. 
Should schools play Bishop Sycamore? Well, if you don't already have your verdict then, uh, the first word sums it up perfectly. Don't. So a couple different reasons he gives. One, you got kids that are at a public school. My kids play for a public school, and you got a couple good athletes on your team, an average of maybe two D1 players on a very good high school team, maybe more. There's a potential you go to an IMG like they did them. What if a 20-year-old hurts a 16-year-old on the field, which could happen? There's part of it, and you go, okay, that's not fair. If you're playing that poorly, coach is going to look at it and it's like, I don't care, you're terrible. So, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I shouldn't keep digging into the rabbit hole. Oh, good. The article I wanted to read is blocked, so that's nice. And that would have been the Bishop Sycamore should be avoided by all high school football programs. I don't really need to go into this anymore, but yeah. I, I I don't know what to say. Now someone's trying to sell Bishop Sycamore shirts. I actually looked up on GoFundMe because apparently there was a campaign for them to actually have a football team. And there's a second one that's asking for jerseys. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, the first GoFundMe, I think, was last year. And it's over. They wanted 20000 They got $150. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, sports entertainers, Urinating Tree, is talking about, you know, there's something, woo, something really, really wrong. Yeah, like five, six tweets on it as well. So let's see. I think this is from the string. Here's a few choice highlights from an article that he took. Maybe. If Twitter doesn't jump around on me, that'd be great. So yeah, that that is from all that. Man, just I know there's scams all around. So really wish I could find that tweet again because apparently players stay in hotels. There we go. Players stay in hotels for five months. Checks bounced from left to right. They went from 10 coaches to two and a team mom because they weren't getting paid. Nobody went to school. They were stealing food just to eat. And by the way, did I mention Bishop Sycamore? There's no building. Yeah, no building, no housing. Yeah. So there you go. In case you weren't angry enough for the day. You have people that are still trying to scam out there. Fantastic. And I think that's a way to close out episode 218. Basically, yeah, Bishop Sycamore, big scam. They're robbing parents and promising kids this potential to play D1 ball and should be stayed away from at all costs. So be careful out there. Do your research, do your homework, and make sure that the place you want to play for is legit. Okay? And if your school you're looking at has a block spot of a page and nothing else about it, and you look at the apparent uh, college that's running it and that's worse, don't do it. Don't do it. So that will conclude episode 218 here on the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. 
Next week, we'll hopefully get an episode in, but we'll we'll see. We'll talk about week three football, the Cincinnati Bengals, and hopefully touch up on baseball. Reds are still with the second wild card spot, but last night lost to St. Louis, puts the Cardinals even closer. Dayton Dragons are starting to fall a little bit, and they didn't have the command as they did, so that's depressing. And that is pretty much in the baseball side, I guess. Oh, the Florence Yalls. I will say that they are, what is it, a game and a half out of first place in the Frontier League, and only one team gets in the playoffs. So it's doable for the Yalls. This is episode 218 of the Cincinnati Dayton Sports Podcast. My name is Lee W. Matwin. Thanks for listening to this newest episode. And remember, just because you live in Ohio doesn't mean you have to root for that team in Columbus. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure and bookmark SindayPod.com, the official website of the local Sunday Sports Podcast. From there, you can find your favorite way of listening to future episodes on platforms such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, TuneIn, Pandora, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and more. You can also find the Redbubble and Tee Public shops there too, where all podcast merchandise purchases go to help the podcaster. Follow on social media at Sinday Pod and the Lead W Mowen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This closing theme was created with the Splash app. This is Lee W. Mowen saying thank you again for listening, and we'll talk more local Cincinnati and Dayton, Ohio sports next time. <laughs>